Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. You guys are fantastic. I love you guys for all your support. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Hill Institute, Veracity Networks, and Living Recoveries Interventions. Thank you so much for sponsoring this and supporting this. It's really helped get the word out. And again, we're we're ranked one in the top 150 in mental health, which just blows my mind, and which is really cool. Just a lot of people are listening to this, and you guys are sharing this, and and we've had amazing guests on. And today is going to be no different. Today we're joined by Aaron Evans. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel honored to be here. Oh wow. Well, <laughs> I've had your sister on, Haley. Yes. Uh, who I love and I've known for years now, and she's got quite the story herself. And mm -hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about her today because it has a has to do a lot with your story as well. But uh, she's an amazing person, and uh, you know. Aaron, you're doing some amazing things. You've been through a lot of hard times uh, over the last several years, and we're going to get into that. But I, I just can't thank you enough for taking some time to be with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Sweet. So why don't we start, Aaron? Why don't you tell us where you were born and maybe tell us a little bit about your family growing up? I'm born and raised in Salt Lake City. Okay. Yeah, I actually live in the house that I grew up in now, which is kind of cool. Um, but my parents were some of the best parents I could ever ask for, honestly. So you're living in the house you grew up in. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. After my dad passed, we were able to move in. Wow. And okay. We're very lucky. Yeah. That, I always well, I always wish that, you know, it's like, man, I'd love to mm -hmm. live in my childhood home. You know, I think that would be so cool. Yeah. We love it. that the neighbors already know us. So they were happy when we just moved right <laughs> in. It was just an easy transition. Yeah. Well, um, you're an author. You're, you're, you've been a television host. You're a gallerist. You're a dog mama. You're doing all these good things. Um, you know, you're obviously a, a very, you know, driven person. Were you like that as a child? I was. Okay. Yeah, I was always. The funny thing is people ask me what I thought I was going to be when, when I grew up. And I, thought, I always think to myself, probably an entrepreneur. I would actually sell rocks door to door <laughs> and people would actually buy them. Yeah, and I, I would make potpourri and I'd always have a lemonade stand and I'd always be doing something. I never really had that goal to be a teacher or to be a lawyer. I was just wanting to do my own thing. Wow. So um, now you and Haley, uh, Haley's your younger sister. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you just mentioned to me you guys are nine years apart, which blows my mind. You, uh, we were talking about you guys look like twins. <laughs> um, and so um, do any other siblings or is it just you and Haley? Just the two of us. Just the two of you. So how was it growing up with Haley? I was more of a mother figure. Okay. Honestly. Because you was... were old, so much older at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was her babysitter, and she would actually take my clothes. So she, when she was in high school, she would take my clothes, and she actually became one of the best dressed, voted best dressed. And I always <laughs> told her, I was like, that was because of me. <laughs> you took yeah. my clothes. So that was kind of a funny thing. Take credit up. for that one. Yeah. Yeah. But she, <laughs> she was, it's fun having a little sister. I really enjoy it. So, um, you know, as you, you know, grew up, um, what were your dreams, you know, as a kid? What did you want to do? You know, as you as you saw yourself now, even, but as you were growing up, what were some of the things that you really wanted to strive to do? Because I know you went after some of those dreams in New York, if I 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I did want to move away. Um, my dad urged me to stay here in Utah, which I did um, for college. Okay. And I went to the University of Utah, but it just didn't really suit me. So also another thing when I did when I was little is I would do a lot of drawings. So I always thought I'd be a fashion designer, work in fashion. Mm. I remember looking at notebooks and being drawing these big, beautiful gowns. So I went to Fashion Institute and Technology. Okay. I applied to the first school that I found interesting and got in and went there for two years and graduated from there with my bachelor's in like 2004, I want to say. Okay. And then moved back home. How was that being move, moving away? Was that tough or was, was that hard on you being away from the family or? It was tough. I was yeah. really, really close to my family. Yeah. But now I'm looking back at it. I miss it. Yeah. So back then I missed home and now I miss New York. I would actually come back almost every month because I was actually, I had started dating somebody right before I left. Oh, and wow. so I yeah. missed him on top of my family. <laughs> so I would come back yeah. as often as I possibly could. Wow. But I loved New York. I miss it so, so very much. And I'm so glad I had that experience yeah. and I moved out of the state and lived in an adventure, really. I just left not knowing anyone there. Yeah. And wow. it was one of the best decisions I think I've ever made. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, um, your both your parents have passed away about f- a little over five years. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Which is not an easy thing to do. Um, your dad um, passed away suddenly, and your mom um, had cancer. Is that correct? Yes, they both had cancer. They both had cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, mom battled for three and a half years. She was diagnosed, and they told her she had nine months to live. And she nor I would take that as an answer. And so I moved her to a different, we moved her to Huntsman. Okay. And they prolonged her life for another three and a half years. Dad, we found out on a Wednesday Mm. that he had stage four small cell lung cancer. Oh, man. And they said he had nine months to live with chemo, but he passed a week later. It was that sudden. That's how sudden. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was hard. That was, both of them were hard. For sure. But he's always been my rock my entire life. And to have him gone while we were helping mom and then Haley at the same time. Yeah. She's battling the addiction during the same time. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. And we're going to get into more detail there, but you just mentioned at the time Haley's, you know, going through uh, her addiction. Mm -hmm. She's struggling with that. And here you are, you're dealing with your mom and dad you know, and then with Haley too at the same time. Was it about the same time, right? Yeah, it was the exact same right, time. Exact same time. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Talk about the challenges that uh, had on you and the stress that you had to go through. Uh, my sister always likes me to tell everybody at the very beginning, I actually lost my hair. So she okay. was battling her addiction. And then my, I hadn't even, my mom hadn't even been diagnosed with cancer, but my hair started to fall out. And I've always been one to internalize my stress. I oh, had okay. shingles when I was 24. Oh, wow. So I was super young. Yeah. And then when my hair started falling out, I was so scared because I've always had long, beautiful, blonde hair. And it was kind of like my armor. It was yeah. something that I would just dis- sure, yeah. hide behind. <laughs> and for it to fall out was just traumatizing. So then my mom was diagnosed and it just started falling out in clumps and clumps. So I barely had any hair by the end. October rolled around. And my mom was diagnosed in September. And then my mom always liked to say, because the first chemo she did, she didn't lose her hair. Where so many chemos, you lose your hair. Yeah, right, yeah. And it was almost kind of like I was losing my hair for her in a way. Mm. It was really interesting in that aspect. So that was something that kind of came to my mind. Like, I need to manage my stress better. 
Right. And so I definitely started working out more and doing everything I love, even though my mom had cancer and my sister has this addiction, I couldn't let my life revolve around those two things. So I made sure to still do the things I love. Yeah. But it was it was tough. A lot of people asked me if I resented Haley. And I don't think I, I don't ever really feel like I felt resentment. I felt more so sad for my mom and my dad that she wasn't able to be there for them when they needed her when the they were most. Going through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and with addiction, and you mentioned that even in your book where it's, you know, when someone's struggling with addiction, they're in and out of the life, in and out of your life. They come in, they're gone. They come in, they disappear for a long time. They, so I, I can't imagine here you are, your sister's, you know, reeling with that and you're dealing with what your mom and dad, your dad passes away. And then, and then your mom, how many months later was it? 14 months. 14 months later. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine what you were going through. It, and I was newly married at the time too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> when my mom was diagnosed my husband now and I were just like, we want my mom to be at the wedding. So we just got married. It was yeah. a, like nine months, but still, it was, still though. we wanted to make sure she was yeah. there. So I was newly married and all of this. It was, it was a lot. I was on auto drive. Honestly, I just went mm. numb Yeah. and just did what I could. A lot of people say they admire me for how I did it, but I'm like, I don't know if you want to do it that way. Cause <laughs> I wasn't dealing with the feelings that I needed to be feeling, but I kind of, couldn't at that time yeah, because I just had to live my life and take care of everybody. Well, and I think that's what happens when you, you become the caregiver is that you just put your feelings on hold. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously you were doing the best that you could with the situation you were dealt with. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to look back and go, yeah, I should have probably expressed my feelings more. I should probably done this or that. But again, at the time you were just handling it the best that you could. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So as a caregiver, I mean, I'm sure there's a million lessons you've learned, but talk about some of these lessons that you learned, you know, obviously watch, you know, losing your parents, watching your mom go through this, and then obviously watching Haley struggle with her addiction. One thing I've always tell people when they lose someone they love or they're going through something, I tell them, take care of yourself first. Mm. I mean, I know you want to put those people first and foremost, but you aren't going to be able to take care of them unless you're taking care of yourself. So whether it's walking your dog every day or doing daily meditations or eating well or whatever you find self-love, you don't need to just do it all day, every day, but do something to make sure that you are showing love for yourself. That's something I learned right? and something I didn't necessarily do all the time, but now I make sure to do it and it's made my mindset so much better. (laughs) So what does that look like for you? What does that, what does that look like to take care of you? For me, it's working out every morning. Okay. So I get up, for my husband, I make sure and have my daily routine, have mm-hmm. my big bowl of oatmeal and kind of <laughs> hang out, have a gu- cup yeah. of tea and then work out. And then we usually take our dog for a walk together. We yeah. have a big 70 pound golden doodle who's also the other thing I would say, get a dog or a cat <laughs> because they're the best thing to help for you get sure. through our time. Oh boy, dogs. I, we have a dog and they're just the best. Yeah. They kind of know when you're struggling uh-huh. and they'll come up to you. I mean, it's just like they're the perfect companion in those moments, right? Oh, she's the best thing in the world. You know? So how did you deal with, I mean, again, I want to get more into like, yes, you're, you know, you've learned to take care of yourself, but what was some of the as you're going through this and, and what were you telling Haley at the time when you did have moments to talk to her, you know, when you're trying to be the caregiver and, and you're dealing with this, was there, can you talk about maybe what was going on with you and Haley? 
she really wasn't around. So it was really hard to talk to her. She wasn't the sister that I've had or, and she wasn't in a place where she could be there for anybody. Even if I said something to her, she Mm -hmm. would get defensive. So I'd be like, I really need you home. I really need you to help mom. Cause mom, even in the journal entries and throughout the book, she would say how much she misses Haley. And when Haley's around you, I could just tell on both of my parents' mannerisms. And even if she was there and if she was high, she was home and they just loved having her home. So I would tell her that, but I don't think it really went, I think it went one ear and out the other. I don't think she really understood that at the time, which was hard for all of us. And that's why we couldn't understand Yeah, is your parents are going through such a hard time. Why aren't you here? Yeah, And they love her so much. My dad was her biggest cheerleader. Right. He went to every meeting he possibly could. He was a court commissioner. So he has so many resources to help her. Yeah. And he did everything he possibly could, but she just, the addiction had too much of a power over her. Yeah. And that's the thing about addiction. It just, you do things you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously in her right mind, she wouldn't, she would want to be around the family and be there to support you and the mom and your mom and all that through, through the, all this. And, you know, but here she is, you know, caught up in that. And, and by the way, Haley's doing really good right now. I yeah. want our listeners to know that she's, she's past this now. Um, do we know how long she's been clean now? Is it about four years? I want to say four or five years. Four or five years. I think it's right about that time. Yeah. She's doing fantastic. Yeah. 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 We're, yeah. And we're closer than ever. We're best friends. Yeah. So I just wanted to make that our listeners that, uh, Haley has turned her life around, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. How is your relationship with her now? And like, how is that? How did you guys mend the fences? So to speak, as you, as she got clean, it was time. It yeah. just took time. I still remember picking her up from a rehab facility near the end of her addiction. And I didn't know who she was. We were strangers. She yeah. didn't know me. I didn't know her. Yeah. We tried to talk, but it was just kind of like you're with a new coworker trying to understand <laughs> and remember, like, yeah. see who they are. And it really just took time. We took camping trips together. My husband and I, she could go away every weekend while she was in rehab. So my husband and I made sure we dedicated our weekends to her. So we went camping or we went to University of Utah oh, football wow. games. She came over to dinner. So it was really just taking the time to get to know one another, spending those time the time together. We actually went on our first sister's trip ever. Oh, really? Last December. Oh, awesome. So we went to Disneyland together, just the two of us. <laughs> Best place on earth. It was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and we hope to do that every year. We want to kind of make it an annual thing just so we can it. have that time together and... We are best friends. We talk every day now and confide in each other. And she doesn't have my mom and dad to help her make decisions. So my husband and I are there to help her. Oh, yeah, that's She awesome. actually lives in one of our rental properties as well. Oh, really? So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you, you know, we're going to get into this amazing book that you've written. But before that, I want to talk about, you know, you, you went through a lot of uh, Haley's journals mm-hmm. that she, as she was going through her addiction, Granted, they were maybe sporadic at times, you know, obviously, but, you know, you talk about, you know, you started understanding and having more empathy and compassion for people who struggle with addiction. Talk about that experience and reading through those. I had no idea what she was going through. Mm -hmm. She didn't tell us at the time. Yeah. So it wasn't even the addiction. It was her living conditions and who she was with that Mm. added to everything. Yeah. And it was terrifying to me that we didn't know that she was going through that. I don't know if we could have done more to help her in the end. But to hear the what was going through her head at that time yeah. was just 
it made me understand it more because while she was going through it, we, my parents and I, we had no idea. Yeah. We couldn't understand why she wasn't getting better. We couldn't understand why she wanted to come, didn't want to come home. But reading those journals and seeing her feelings and the interesting thoughts that were going through her head at that time that she wouldn't tell anybody if she was just doing it herself yeah. really gave me more understanding of to how it is to be an addict. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine how uh, reading some of those made you feel. So let's get into, you've written a book, and the book is called There Are Fairies at the Bottom of Our Garden. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, cool name. I love that. Uh, and there's a reason why you came up with that title. So talk about this book. What was What's the purpose behind it and why you came up with that beautiful title? So the book is an epistolary novel, and that okay. means it's different journal entries gotcha. from my mom, my sister, and I. At first, I was going to write it, and I thought, I can't write my mom's part. This is about yeah. her. These are her feelings. It needs to come straight from her. So I was driving down from work one day, and it dawned on me, I'm like, why don't we do different journal entries from each one of us? Because I had my mom's journals, yeah. and I had my sister's journals as well, and she was with us. So if I ever needed to talk to her about things, I could add that to the book at that time. And so I just started, when COVID hit, I got that dreaded phone call where you're going to be on unemployment for a little while. And I had yeah. never been without a job. So I was like, okay, this is going to be the time for me to write that book that I've wanted to write for the last couple of years. So I sat down and read my mom's journals and penned them onto paper and sitting with my sister. And then in the afternoon, what I did is when we moved into my dad's house, I had two houses to clean out, both mm. my mom and dad's. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't get rid of everything at the time. So I moved everything into this office. And so in the afternoon, I would clean out my dad's office with all my parents' memorabilia, looking through pictures of them when they were younger, reading letters and all that, and then writing in the morning. So it was just a combination of so many emotions, but it was so healthy for me. Because not only during COVID was I grieving my normal life, but I was grieving my parents all over again. Oh, my goodness. So it was a lot, but it was so good at the same <laughs> yeah. time. And the book is was very cathartic for me to write because yeah. of that. Wow. And when I first wrote it, I read it to my husband, and my parts were very methodical because I was kind of just like the filler in, like the fill-in piece. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 no. You need to add more emotion to that. Like mm. your dad just died. What were you feeling at yeah. that time? So I had to go back and rewrite a lot of it, which was good. It turned out to be much better. Yeah. And I wrote it because so many people told me that our story is an inspiration to help others get through hard times. Yeah. And I wrote it to be medicine for others. Mm. I want our story to people to read our story and know they're not alone. Right. Everyone's going through something right now, whether yeah. they're grieving a loved one or have an addict in their life. And it's so hard to navigate my mom and I would always say that addiction is harder than cancer. Mm. And it's wow. weird to hear that. Yeah. But it really is. It's one of the hardest things my family, it is the Dang. hardest thing my family has ever gone through, honestly. Well, I've never heard it said that way, but man, that, that really puts perspective on it, doesn't it? Yeah. When my mom said it too, because yeah. she was the one going through the cancer. Yeah. She's the one actually going through it, but mm -hmm. yeah, I can imagine seeing her daughter go through what she was going through, how hard that had to be you know, had to have been for her. And she always told me, and this kind of made me hurt my feelings <laughs> when I was younger. She said, Haley's going to be the caregiver when we grow up. If I ever get sick, Haley's going to be the one taking care of me just from our personalities. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking to myself, that kind of hurt my feelings. Yeah, and then what? there I was yeah. helping out. And Haley was there 
when she could be. I shouldn't right. say she was never there. Sure. She would come to the hospital when she was in our life. Yeah. So she wasn't totally gone. She loves our parents so much. Oh, for sure. And so she was there at times. It's yeah. just when she was deep into her addiction and she was gone. Yeah. She didn't have the ability to be there. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. Well, so um, talk about the title. And I think there's a poem that, uh, that you're going to read for us um, that kind of, you know, is the reason why you named it the way you did. It's called There Are Fairies at the Bottom of Our Garden. It's a poem my mother wrote yes. when I was speaking to my publisher about the book. She said, this is what we need to title your book because my mom loved to write. Mm. And there's her poetry is throughout the book. And this poem, There Are Fairies at the Bottom of Our Garden, is her most popular poem. It was published in the Huntsman newsletter. Oh, really? And okay. she was very proud of that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> very, very proud of that. <laughs> That's great. So would you yeah, like me to yeah, read it really Yeah, well, I would fast? love for you to read it. Yeah, listeners, I wanted uh, for her, you know, we talked about this before we got on. And yeah, I would love for you to read it for us. Okay. Okay. There are fairies at the bottom of our garden. Night is full of unknown creatures. I am awake covers over my head like a tent about to collapse mummy i call into the darkness will she be angry or kind this time i wait holding my breath there she comes and gently peels back my covers to expose me to the night there are fairies at the bottom of our garden her whispers lull me back to sleep the fairies will protect me i am safe again cancer is full of unknowns i am awake with eyes wide open like a wild animal alert to danger. Mom, I call into the darkness. She has been gone for many years. Our cancers are the same. She visited me once at my father's house, in spirit sitting next to my bed, in her favorite green chair. There are fairies at the bottom of our garden. I whisper again and again, like a mantra bringing me home. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, she was a wonderful poet. Boy, that just flowed so smoothly too, you know. And her writing, she is definitely the star of the book. She, some of her things, things that she has to say are just beautiful, and wow. so many people can relate to it. That's another thing that's been really special about the yeah. book is several of my friends that we didn't really know that we had a lot of things in common, and yeah. after they read the book we've become so much closer because of it. Yeah, and that's been really, really special. These friends that. I've had in my life for yeah. years and now I can be like, I can call them because if yeah. I'm going through a tough time, I know I have someone in my corner. Oh, that's great. So I like to say whether we have a bruise, a scar or an inner struggle, we all have things that we attempt to cover up. Yeah. But if we choose to tell our stories instead of hide them, we can help each other by knowing we are not alone and helping others along our journeys to tell them how we did it. Or, yeah. I mean, the book isn't supposed to be a, a it's supposed to be a companion. It's not supposed right. to be like a how-to manual by any means, gotcha. but it's supposed to be a friend. Okay. So when you feel like you don't have anyone else, you can just go to the book and realize yeah. you're not alone. Well, that poem made me feel like I belonged. Oh, good. Seriously. Felt connected. Thank you. That's beautiful. You know, what What was the hardest thing about writing this, you know, putting this together? It was reading how my mom actually felt at okay. that time. I yeah. knew she was hurt. But to hear it come from her words mm. was very difficult. Yeah. Also, Haley, when we talked about reading her journals, and I had no idea there was something she went through. And there, it's all in the book. Yeah. Um, she didn't want me to hold back. I asked her, and she said, no, I, we need to tell my story. This mm. is how it needs to be. Yeah. 
And then just reliving it all again, going back and trying to see, remember the emotions I had at that time and putting them into words. It was very difficult, but it was also very cathartic. Yeah, I bet. Well, and again, you you mentioned that this was at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, things were shutting down. And then you hear that uh, your job's on pause, at least for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And that had to have been tough. But I love, I love that you took the opportunity to do something versus you could have easily just been depressed or down. And, and maybe you had those moments, obviously, but... But the you actually like, you know what, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make an opportunity out of this. Yeah. I didn't want to just sit around. I told my yeah. husband, I was like, I'm not going to just sit around and do, <laughs> not do anything. There's so much yeah. to do. Like that office needed to be cleaned out. <laughs> so if it was yeah. now or never really. Yeah. And so I figured I had two and a half months. Why not just get it done? Yeah. So when, when was the book officially published? How long was it? Was it just recently? Yes, it was in September in of September. 2021. Okay. So it's still relatively new. Wow, that's, that's great. So what, you know, looking back on it now, what, what's one of maybe the biggest aha moments that you had in doing this? Oh, gosh. I know that's a big question, like, but I, I mean, know. I know you probably had a bunch, but is there something that just stands out to you like, man, this is what, I got out of this the most or what I learned the most from this. I think I got that more, so many people are going through so many tough things. I, I read the reviews and I'm like, I had no idea that yeah. this person was going through this or this person was going through this. Something that I loved is a woman came up to me that I don't really know. She's a family friend mm-hmm. an extended family friend. Yeah. And she told me how much her, the book helped her. So she went on to tell me, and I thought it was going to be about my mom because this woman is in her 60s, so I thought she would relate to my mother's side. But Mm -hmm. she actually told me about my sister. And she said, reading about how your sister was able to get over addiction made me realize that I have an addiction to food. And Mm. to hear that she can get over that and it was so hard for her makes me understand that I can do the same thing. And so she started making money, like health plans, and to make herself help her lose weight and to help her be healthier throughout yeah. the rest of her. And I thought that was really interesting that she didn't sure. relate to my mom, but she found something yeah. to relate to this heroin addict in her early 20s. Yeah. And so I really loved hearing that and reading the reviews. I think those are the biggest aha moments is just seeing what people get from it. Yeah, and I you know, I you I agree with you. We're all going through something. I mean, everyone listening to you know this belief cast at this moment is going through something or they have a family member who maybe struggling, whether it's cancer or addiction or any type of, you know, mental health issue that they may be, you know, wrestling with. And I think that's why this book's probably really well received because so many people, I mean, probably every family we could honestly say would, would, would relate to the book. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny. Another person told me they didn't like the drug stuff. And I was thinking to myself, (laughs) maybe that's something you should look at. Yeah. Because when people tell me that they don't like something, I just smile. And I'm like, well, that's why I wrote it. Because it's so raw. It's so yeah. vulnerable. It's real. It's We don't hold back. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so special. Well, and I love that too. It's real. And I think we need to be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're really going to deal with things and heal things, we have to be real about it. Yeah. You know, I... Um, I love that you just said, you know, it's almost like Haley's like, no, let's let's share everything about it. Like she's owning it. Mm-hmm. I think that's why she's actually doing so well, honestly. I mean, there's so many reasons, but to me, what stands out is, man, she has just owned it. 
and watching her just thrive in that it's so cool to watch yeah she tells you her know? story on a regular basis and yeah. that's also kind of what inspired me to do the same thing is to yeah. tell my story too because yeah. a lot of family members i don't hear their story all that often yeah and i think that's another thing that people get from the book too is to hear how my mom is really feeling i mean yeah. she's not well, she doesn't hold back yeah and a lot of people are afraid to tell how they're feeling when their loved one is an addict right so in the book, I know you, you, you piece it together with your thoughts and this and that. Is there a, a section on just what you went through? Is there a chapter on that where it's just like how you were dealing with all of this? Because, I mean, you were taking on a heavy load there yourself. There's not a chapter. It's all different journal entries. It's just so straight it's all journal throughout entries. the book. Okay, gotcha. Um, I don't know if I concentrate on that much, honestly. Okay. It's mostly just being outside, being with friends. So I put some happy things in there sure. too because it's okay. important to know that even though you're going through a traumatic experience, <laughs> you can still thrive. Right. So I feel like also even though there's trauma, you can still get something from it. And whether it's the book or spending more time with friends and yeah. just trying to figure out what you need in your life for sure. and what makes you happy. So throughout the book, it does. Okay. I want to say for every journal entry. Gotcha. No, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Cause again, you being the caregiver during this whole period of, of, you know, basically on your own. I mean, that had to have been just a really challenging time for you. It was. And like I said, I just went into autopilot. I yeah. just went numb because that was the best way to do it. And I know a lot of other people feel that same way in yeah. their life. And you just have to go through. I mean, the day after my mom's celebration of life, mm -hmm. we have a rent a house that we rent out. We had to go clean out our rental. And the woman left it a mess. I mean, oh, trash wow. is everywhere. Right. Things are broken. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, my mom just passed away, but I have to go deal with this too. I mean, I have to, there's other things in my life. I can't just sit here and grieve my mom as much as I want to. Yeah. I can't. Wow. And I just have to keep going to work. And I have a husband that I want to keep my relationship. Yeah, keep that going. Yeah. So I had to keep going the best I knew how. And yeah. he was a huge support. You can't leave him out. Um, For sure. So he was and friends too and family. What's his name? Mike. Mike. We'll give a shout yeah. out to Mike. <laughs> Mike, good job, buddy. Yeah, he's still. We're still married. That's so great. Yeah. Sometimes we look at each other like, how did? How are we still married we after going through all, through all yeah. this? Like, For sure. Wow. I don't know if a lot of people do, but yeah, we're still we're still here. Yeah, you hear sometimes that does you know um, separate people or whatever, and sounds like you guys have become closer because of it and. Yeah. He's been a great support through this whole thing, which is, fan. I mean, says a lot about Mike. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He's great. Yeah. yeah. We're very lucky. And his family is, are fantastic too. Yeah. Well, you know, um, obviously you're a very kind and compassionate person. I mean, I feel it's so weird to have you sitting here because I just, you and Haley are like, just not only do you look alike, you sound alike, you talk alike, <laughs> you're both just really kind hearted people. And, uh, I've always thought the world of Haley and I can see, I don't know, you, you just feel the same way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. Something that, another something that we love to do is yeah. we learn that when we're feeling down, um, and Haley taught me this too, she's, uh -huh. is to give back to people. Mm. Um, what love she would that. do is she and her friends would go to McDonald's, spend however much money they could, and they'd go pass out hamburgers oh, to the homeless. Wow. wow. And then one year I hosted a, a big charity event. My husband and I hosted this event where we made 1500 sack lunches for the homeless. 
and that was right before COVID hit. We wanted to do more, and then right. COVID hit, and then so COVID, it just right. couldn't and you could do only anything. Do, yeah. <laughs> but so we've learned is just after I've lost something that's irreplaceable, it's better to. I don't. Society has always told me you want to. If you want something in life, if you want to be happy, you need to feel more fulfilled, or go shopping, or do mm-hmm. this, or do that. But what I've learned after I've lost something so irreplaceable is to not want things, but to give things that I'm not. So that's something that that both Haley and I do on a regular basis. And we want to do more of it. We're hoping now that that COVID is easing up, that hopefully we can do some more parties with a purpose is what we call, call it. Well, I love that you do want to share and help more people. So what are your future plans? Like what... I mean, you've written this amazing book. What What's the plans? Do you have other ideas? I think you mentioned before we started, like you want to do a foundation maybe and things like that. I do, yeah. I'd love to do something to help young women. Okay. Um, that's my main goal. I remember a friend donating some coats and she went to the person in charge and she said, what else do these young women need? And they said, they need mentors. They need people here to teach them that things can be better and to hear their stories. And there's so many strong women out there that have stories that these young women can benefit from. I'd really like to start something along those lines. Yeah. Um, that's one of my main goals. Love it. I'm sure you'll do it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why not. Yeah. Right. Like what, what would hold you back? Yeah. There's really nothing. It nothing. just keeps and you just keep moving with it, yeah. moving forward. And granted, I know life's busy and we got, <laughs> you know, we're pulled in so many different directions nowadays, it feels like. But yeah, I I have no doubt that you'll do something like that. And, Thank you. You know, and um, so if someone wants to get a hold of your book, what's the best way for them to do that? How would they get a hold of that? You can get it here locally at okay. the King's English Bookshop. Mm. Or if you are not here in Salt Lake, you can order it from your local bookstore. Or if you like the easiness of amazon it is on amazon as well i want to say it's on barnes and noble too online okay. so there's several outlets several outlets uh-huh. yeah I, I love that um are you do you plan on maybe doing another book a lot of people ask me that <laughs> but i don't know this one took so much out of me i bet <laughs> and honestly this may sound funny but after it was done i almost had like postpartum because it was like my baby's yeah. gone it's yeah, out into what? the world yeah. and now what do i do and so mm. Now I know that so I can be more prepared for that. But we'll see. A lot of people say they want me to try to make it into a screenplay. Ooh, and wow. maybe I we'll see. I'm not yeah. sure. The future is, you know, unknown. It's really whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could see you writing a book um, about just maybe lessons learned and, and just your whole perspective. I think that would be a really good one. Thank anyway, you. Just throwing that out Thank there. Thank you for the idea. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. <laughs> so if there's someone listening to you right now, um, Aaron, who's struggling, they're in a dark place. They, whether they're dealing with cancer or they're, they've got a, an addiction or they're just, something's just, like we said, everyone's dealing with something. What's some advice that you could give that one person right now that's listening to you that's struggling? Talk to someone. Because you have no idea that there's other people going through the same thing. And the more you talk to people, the more you'll be able to understand like, oh, I'm not alone. And that's the main thing. I wish I did that more often and share my story. Mm -hmm. Because if you're more open about it, people people will be like, oh, I've gone through that too. And you just form this connection and then you can help one another. That's what I would say is just talk to anyone that you feel like you can trust. Even if it's a stranger online and there's so many people out there, I feel like Instagram and TikTok yeah. and everything that tell their stories, 
that they want to hear from people. They want to, if someone reached out to me right now, I'd be more than willing to be like, yeah, let's, let's talk. Like, yeah, I'm here for you. Let's, I'll just even sit here and listen if you want me to. Oh yeah. Um, but that's, I think that's the main thing is just find someone that you can trust or, and it might be a stranger. Sure. And just tell them how you're feeling. Yeah. Great advice. I mean, and it seems so simple, but it seems like when we're struggling, the last thing we want to do, it feels like that reach out and, and it keeps us stuck, mm-hmm. you know? I think it was Mr. Rogers that actually said, um, if you can mention it, you can start to manage it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what you're saying is if you can just start talking to someone about where you're at, that that in itself will be something that will help you move forward. I feel, yeah. Would you agree with that? 100%. I mean, whenever I tell someone about my story, when I just meet them, like, oh, well, I have this or I have this. And we connect on a totally different level than in just saying, oh, what's your job? Yeah. And then you don't really connect like you would when you're saying, oh, my mom passed from cancer. I wrote this book. And then they are like, oh, my one person said her brother has schizophrenia and they didn't know what to do. So we just connected on a totally different level and tried to share resources with one another right. and how we were able to deal with the traumas that we've been through. I love that. Well, if someone does want to reach out to you, Aaron, and maybe ask you a question or mm-hmm. is there a way that they could do that? Yeah, there's you can do it on my Instagram. That's okay. easy. Um, Which it's is? just Ms. Aaron Evans. There's also a fairies at the bottom of our garden Instagram, but I don't check it all that often. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I need to. And there's a, is there a website too for your book as well? There is. Uh-huh. It's fairies at the bottom of our garden. Okay. Dot com. Just as simple as that. Yeah. Just yep. the same old title. Mm-hmm. And that poem was beautiful, by the way. Thank Seriously, you. it was so great. Well, I can't thank you enough for s- taking some time with us today and sharing, you know, your story and also what you went through with your losing your mom and, and your dad and then also what you had to go through with your sister Haley, but so glad to hear that Haley's doing better. Good to see you doing well and you two wanting to do good with this. Yeah, we're both doing great. And like I said, we just want to share our story as much as our po- we possibly can to help one and help other people. I love it. That's well, amazing. hopefully uh, this uh, will help get the word out to more people, which I think it will. And I'll do my best to help promote your book and anything I can do. I'll have that all in all the show notes and everyone will be able to have the links and everything they need to, to get to it. And, uh, guys, uh, so I don't know what to say, man. That was awesome. Thank you for your time, Aaron. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you betcha. Well, there you go, folks. Um, I told you today was going to be amazing. I say this a lot. I know, but there's so many amazing people in this world and I just, you know, Aaron's right there. And, uh, her sister Haley, who I adore, who I've known for years, and I'm just grateful that she's doing well. But guys, thank you for tuning in. If you have someone who's struggling in your family um, uh, with cancer or an addiction, please uh, get this book and get this in their hands. It's like uh, Aaron said, it's very raw, it's real, and I think it's exactly what they would need. And also share this episode with them as well. I think that'd be fantastic, but I love you guys. Again, thanks to my sponsors. You guys are amazing. I can't thank you enough. And one, one more time, Aaron, thank you for your time today.